If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Sift is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts. At Murdoch University School of Arts, you can study a degree that will keep up with the fast pace of modern media. It's designed in consultation with industry and business, and the Bachelor of Creative Media allows you to specialise in sound, graphic design, screen production, photography, or games art and design. Whether you like playing games or making your own uh, music or making films, you can use your creative skills to make new things. And the Bachelor of Creative Media is broad enough to allow you to be competitive when you enter into the workforce. Search Murdoch University and head to the website for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts, proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sift. Uh, it's the Western Australia's very own video game podcast, but we talk to people from all around the world, including places in Australasia. And we talked to someone in New York the other week and everywhere. And we look Spoiler. at. Spoiler. Well, keep tuned. But um, yeah, we basically <laughs> look at the uh, topics in the world of gaming and we talk to the people who make games that you are looking forward to playing. One of those people is Ro- Roman Maximishan. Roman, thanks for joining us today. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, Romance from Melbourne's Bitdragon. He, we're going to be talking all about his game Hyperdragon. Uh, Hi- Hyperjam? Hyperdragon. Hyperjam. Hyperjam. You want it to be called Hyperdragon <coughs> so bad. It wants to be, yeah. <laughs> Bitdragon, Hyperjam. What else are we talking about today, Mitch, where I don't need to read? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we were all glued to the Overwatch League last week and got us wondering, like, I guess... A lot of other sports, A-League sports teams are starting to try and emulate that kind of success, so we'll be taking a look at that. That's right. Uh, Let's jump in, shall we? (laughs) Visit us on pixelsift.com.au. Yeah, so the much-hyped Overwatch League went live and exceeded expectations, but the E so there are a lot more E-Leagues that are starting to pop up, and each a-League side as and a lot of football teams are now planning to throw their own players into the mix by playing games like FIFA 18 and other sporting-related titles. I think what's really interesting about the Overwatch League is it sort of represents a... A next level of esports stuff that we haven't quite seen yet. Um, we were talking a little bit about the presentation of it before that it's actually a, um, you know, it's effectively a TV show, mm-hmm. really, um, more than a, a live stream like people mm. would pre- previously know it as. Yep. Um, and yeah, it really does uh, draw on those those television production skills. Now, Ramon, are you much of an esports watcher yourself? Do you ever tune into those at all? Yeah, um, I watch a fair amount of uh, uh, Street Fighter. Um, competitive 
uh, like, you know, watch Capcom Cup and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've been watching a bit of uh, Overwatch League as well. Um, yeah, I find it quite fascinating, really. Um, yeah, just seeing it take off like this. Um, yeah, just compared to, like, um, yeah, it's basically exactly like you said. Um, it feels so much more like watching, uh, like, sport or TV show or something mm-hmm. rather than just someone streaming or something like that. They're really taking it to another level. Yeah, that's it. I, I, it does feel like a whole new level. You know, esports has been trudging along for, well, I could probably say 10 years, really. But, um, and nobody, I, I, I haven't really got too in, I have become too invested into it. But Overwatch, this was this was well polished. It was great. And especially, especially such like a fast paced, hard to watch game, especially on PC. They've made it really entertaining and awesome. And I think this is like, this is it. This is the new framework for esports this is what yeah exactly this is the new norm i think we we will be expecting to see a lot of this especially in 2018 with the nba 2k league the uh the fifa leagues coming up again uh like you said the 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 a league or what they're calling the e-league which starts in a few weeks um very exciting now we've got more i know we've touched on esports a bunch of times over the last year but there's more people and more teams involved than ever before you know um You've got actually teams rep- getting uh, players to represent them in their FIFA league. You know, Italian leagues and uh, and German especially is yeah. quite big. Yes, yeah, so I-, I think part of the big push is during during that twenty six hours of the um, Twitch TV uh, stream, it was almost four hundred and thirty thousand people. It maxed out at that mu- at that many concurrent viewers. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. I've got actually some pretty interesting stats. If you want to get statty, yeah, let's me. get some stats. <laughs> so um, the the total watch time uh, was 17 uh, million hours. Uh, then, <laughs> if you exclude the Chinese viewers, it's only 5.7 million. Um, it, yeah, the total views on all channels on Twitch.tv were like uh, almost 13 million, um, with uh, viewership peaking at over 415,000 on the opening night. But it rarely dipped below 150,000 at any point in the opening week. I think one of the most... At any given time, 150,000. Like, whoa. We're talk- the, what is most important to think about this is, yes, this league is obviously doing huge things, um, but the amount of money spent on it is approaching these other sports that are now getting into, you know what I mean? Not so- just that, but the teams that play in this league had yep. to pay like $20 million to get into it. Exactly. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots as the a- NFL team. Mm. Um, he is the owner of um, Boston Uprising. Um, right. So, yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that. But, yeah, that's, that's huge <laughs> it's amounts. It's interesting. It's huge, huge amounts of money. And yeah. it's quite evident when you look at the production quality of what's there that this is obviously at a different scale. And I think what is really fascinating to see is the um, – so, for example, in France, their um, local uh, – well, their Paris Saint-Germain? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> their, their, uh, their soccer league, League One, um, had an E-League One, and that's been running for two seasons. And now the A-League is going to be starting up their e League in Australia, the um, Football Federation Australia, um, starts in uh, February. Um, and, you know, Major League Soccer now will also have players that will be playing for each of the US soccer teams as well, um, partnering with the FIFA uh, EA Sports Well, game. speaking of France, uh, and like I said, Paris Saint-Germain were one of the teams that have their own player to represent mm-hmm. them. And as far as like, so the FIFA 17 league, of the top, of the top 10 teams, um, five of them were players from proper teams. So you've got like uh, Wolfsburg, Shuck 4, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Ajax Amsterdam, West Ham, and you've got a couple of other Euro ones in there. So most of the top 10 was actual sports team people. 
you know, or representing a proper sports team in real life. Yes, and I think that's the idea. Crazy. I, I'd say you see that in 2018, it'll be the full top 10 will be filled out. What um, uh, I think is really interesting about this is that obviously there's going to be a bit of a, a gold rush, I think, in this particular thing as now people start to invest heavily into this. And as we've seen in previous uh, investments as well, you've got teams who are being bought into by owners of the NBA teams in the US. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Robert Kraft as well has bought into the Overwatch. Um, F1's got into it now as well. We're, F1. We're going to see driving mm-hmm. come into it very soon. <laughs> I know, Roman, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Roman, yeah, Roman. what would you, um, uh, you know, how, how long do you watch this sort of stuff? And is it something that you would be sitting down and watching and watching it dedicated? Or is it something that you would just have on in the background and, and, and tune in as you go? Yeah, uh, it would depend on the game, I think. Uh, for something like uh, Street Fighter, which, which I would play uh, a lot myself, I would probably actually dedicate, like, you know, a few hours to sit down and, you know, fully watch it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for Overwatch, uh, I think it's partially because I haven't haven't become familiar with the teams uh, and haven't developed that almost like personal connection yet. I'll usually watch that in the background or just watch uh, the highlights. But I can it's I can see it as um yeah as you get to learn the players and the you know relationships between the teams like I could really see people getting invested, including myself, it, and it becoming is, it yeah more like a thing like it, regular sports I guess mm-hmm. yeah. It was a bit like a bit difficult for some Australians because like we don't have a team in that league. Or so any we were... people. I mean, yeah. we've got that one caller, which actually did help a lot. Yeah. Mm. But besides that, yeah, no representation. Sorry, Mitch. Go. So essentially, we're just picking like which which team jersey looked the best, <laughs> and then uh, that was like yeah. whoever you went for. But now I think that that might be just a small. I, I that just a, that's just a barrier for entry. I think as people, with, yeah, you've got to, you'll pick your favorite eventually, you but will, you can't pick yeah. it in one match or two match or one week even. Mm. Um. It'll be similar to what happened with the, the AFL in Australia. For years, Western Australia didn't have a team, not until 1980-something, and yeah. people used to just support the Melbourne teams, and basically. Then it, then it was another 10 years before we had a second option. Exactly. So yeah, it's just a matter of that years. time. What I think is um, uh, sort of really interesting uh, is they've done a really good job at sort of making this as accessible for people who you know don't sort of aren't 100% familiar with the mm. um, with the game itself. And, Roman, I wonder if, you, if, if in the fighting games they do this as well, where they kind of have these sort of explanation sort of sections where yeah. they, they break break down the gameplay and they stuff like that. They soften up the language a little bit as well, so yeah. there's not a, such yeah. a huge barrier. There's often, um, yeah, I like when they have, a, you know, they have multiple commentators. There's often, you know, one of them talking about the more highly technical aspects and bouncing off someone who's uh, giving a high-level overview. I think that really, um, I don't know, it both allows uh, people who aren't so familiar to become acquainted with it um, but also learn and get to that intermediate or even like a pro level of knowledge yeah which in turn allows them to get more invested which i, I think is a they do a great job of that uh it's not not only um is that kind of commentary good in overwatch league though uh i think the fact that um you know blizzard have really invested in like their broadcasting tools like you know the people who are actually commentating you know they're having like top down views of the map at all times mm. and you know all kinds of tools to like get different camera angles and you know understand get a good sense of the game as a spectator which um i don't know how many other um companies have really done at least i know of. i'm sure maybe like dota or something mm. 
has invested that level bit. Well, it's the parallels. Um, yeah, between, it's really cool seeing that sort of stuff yeah. as well. Between normal broadcast sport has all that sort of stuff. And it's really amazing how much of that is just straight taken from AFL or soccer or tennis or but whatever. To be fair, done so much better. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how sports calling uh, casting's done in uh, other countries too much. I mean, besides um, soccer, which is pretty much done the same way w- worldwide. But the problem I have with our sportscasters in Australia is they get too chummy and they try to make up for that lack of catering for everybody, say, with your experts and your middlemen. Mm. They kind of just get a bit naffy, like they're the... They're the, they're the entertainment, but they're not. Like that's not the point. <laughs> you you're, you're not a big fan of Roy and HG. Oh, no, look, that's a good crack. <laughs> but you know the cricket problems over the with the Ashes recently and stuff. And I really enjoyed watching this, uh, especially since I've watched other Overwatch comps uh, over the last year or two, and have not really enjoyed it at all. Like, and I really like Overwatch, but something about this, they've they've nailed it. I think what you're saying though is cricket's a slow sport, and they need to pad a lot in cricket, yeah, and they and don't, I don't need like to their do that. They're not entertainers; they're bloody cricketers. <laughs> leave, the, leave, leave the pads on the legs, kids. Jeez. Oh, jeez, sledging them already off the field, Matt. Uh oh. Uh, would you like to turn Hyperjam into an esports game? Is it something that could be expanded? Could you out? see that? Um, it's at this point, um, we're just trying to see it out the door and build a high quality product, uh, like a core, I guess, to build off. I mean, it it definitely has um, competitive value. <laughs> mm. uh, it yeah, it's so hard to say. Like it's our first game as well, so it's not like we have any personal data to go off, but um. We get we do get a lot of um, people saying that like they would really like to see this streamed and you know they would like to see like they think it could actually work as an esport. I mean, it, at this point, it's just it feels um, I don't know, just so crazy to think of it like that. You got to reach, you gotta <laughs> reach like, for the stars. Yeah, just during day to day development, but um, you want people to head down to the Hyperjam Arena and uh, yeah. battle it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I think the potential's there, but um, they'll probably they'll largely depend on. Uh, how people respond to it on launch, I'd say. Perfect. Well, look, you know, we can talk about esports forever and we probably will at some stage every uh-huh. time keep coming back into um, doing a bit more Do you know what? I'll e-sports just, before stuff. you sign me off, yeah. there is an, a wicked uh, alternative to the FIFA uh, Ultimate Comp and esports circuit that I've seen in general. And um, Port Vale and soccer fans might be... You soccer fans out there know who I'm talking about. That QPR, Queen's Back Rangers, have taken a different uh, route to the FIFA players and they're doing a virtual gaming league which is uh, each player controls one footballer in the club. That's so what, that's what I thought would be a much better. So it's way, not like FIFA yeah. one on one. It's yeah. like you know, eleven uh, eleven type thing, or ten ten. I don't know if the goalkeeper would be. Anyway, that's all I had to say. So, so okay, so you just basically have one player, and you just have to play the best as you can as yeah. that one person. Yeah, just like any other game, like Overwatch or Dota or whatever. Yeah. You play that one character. Yeah. and if We're no finally one... getting to... St- okay, and I'll, just another thing I'll say on, on, on why esports is becoming so popular now, these games are a lot easier to consume for the masses uh, mm. compared to your Dotas and your League of Legends. That's it. Definitely good. All right, well, let's jump into our next topic, shall we? Please. That's right. You are listening to Pixel Sift. It's a fortnightly, weekly slash podcast slash let's play yeah. thing. Um, joining us, if you're just joining us, uh, we are joined by Roman Maximitian. He is the creative lead and gameplay programmer at 
Melbourne's Bit Dragon, and they are working on the game Hyper Jam. Good now, job. Now, <laughs> Roman, if people haven't heard of Hyper Jam, what is it all about? Yeah, so it's a neo 80s arena brawler where players choose power ups after each round. Um, so it's, I guess, it's kind of a similar league to um, like a vein to like Lethal League or uh, Gang Base, uh, I guess. But there's we've really tried to, you know, make it less uh, random to make sure there's a high skill ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of focus on the like fluidity and physicality of the combat. And uh, also replayability just uh, by virtue of yeah, choosing these power-ups after the end of each round. So basically what happens is, um, say, in a four-player game, at the end of the round, four power-ups will appear, and whoever's coming last will get the first choice of those. And uh, all those power-ups will stay with you for the whole game and stack and combine, leaving, with you, uh, leaving you with like a unique build uh, by the end of the game. So uh, it keeps it pretty fresh. So, and if people have, you sort of said it's like an 80s inspired, what does the game actually look like if people are listening to the podcast and haven't had a chance to see, and how does it play? Mm, um, yeah, so we've tried, we're not, uh, I guess, like just, a, yeah, trying to do a throwback and, you know, copy existing 80s styles. We're mm. also bringing... Uh, yeah, lots of like clean and modern elements to it. So mm. I guess it's a kind of fusion between a sort of like um, neo eighties like cyberpunk and a, a more modern, clean aesthetic. So if you like, imagine somewhere between like Overwatch and Kung Fury, um, <laughs> it's the twenty five eighties or something like that. And yeah, the the gameplay. It's yeah, so it's a top down camera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be similar to something like I guess uh, Gang Beasts or. Uh, Arena Gods, which is an <laughs> Australian game. I'm looking at them. Um, I'm looking at the maps, and they're pretty dynamic. Like I just saw someone get run over by a train because they were in the wrong position, and so, like, oh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we have uh, a few maps. Uh, I can't I can't announce all of them yet, but um, yeah, some of the ones you would have played at PAX were the uh, Neo Tokyo subway level, where mm-hmm. you can um, hit players off the edge and they'll get hit by trains. And we have a factory map with uh, pits that open and close and, yeah, a cov- dynamic cover on, on the form of rails. Um, yeah, we have, like, a, a hotel, like, Miami rooftop level, um, fired on top of a hotel. And we have, a, yeah, a few other levels that we uh, haven't are working on internally, but, uh, yeah, we'll release in the coming months. I've got a question from Twitch here. Uh, what inspired <laughs> you to go for that sort of top-down style brawler? How did the idea kind of come about? Hmm. Um, it, I think it's uh, partially it's like the games we've made we made before this project, um, like the other team members, we'd made two other top-down brawls uh, before this. So <laughs> I guess um, part of it was us knowing, like, I guess getting a real feel for like what works and what doesn't and feeling like, we have experience uh, in that sort of genre, but also it, it works for a lot of reasons. Um, as a couch co-op game, um, top-down camera just really works as a shared screen because you can get a lot of the dynamics of like, you know, you can still move the camera around and see everything that's going on without, um, yeah, basically needing to dedicate a portion of the screen to one user and like split screen or something. Um, so yeah, it's we we were contemplating making like 
back when this game was in its inception, you know, whether it would be like a 2D sort of platformer game like Towerfall or something. But um, yeah, we decided to go to top down 3D because, um, yeah, it just solved a lot of the issues that uh, we were having at the time. Now you mentioned you've been showing it off at um, at PAX, and how how did the audience kind of react to it? I, I remember you were, you have been at the last two at least that I've seen. Um, how, how do people mm. take to the game, and you know what what sort of feedback have you been getting? Yeah, um, yeah, people uh, respond to it uh, exceptionally well at a uh, PAX, which is um, very inspiring for us and exciting. Um, yeah, it's I get it's the kind of game that uh, really flourishes in that kind of environment. If you you know, playing with a group of friends. And, you know, I think also on that note, this is the kind of thing that makes us feel that it does have some viability as a esport. Like we have crowds of people, you know, queuing up to play and, you know, like cheering the players who are actually, you know, engaged in it. And the fact that it's that enjoyable for both players and spectators, um, I guess, gives us some high hopes there. Um, yeah, so... And I noticed that Overall, it's also um, it's a, yeah very, very positive reception. <laughs> it's not just a, a couch co-op game as well as well. You can play online against people as well. Yeah, that's right. So um, yeah, that's something we've been working on uh, quite a lot the past uh, few months. Um, yeah, internally we've got um, quite solid uh, prototypes. Uh, probably we're hoping to do an online beta at some point. It's um yeah start really starting to shape up. Um, and yeah, we're we're pretty confident in our ability to deliver a good online experience as well. Again, I think it, I think it would be will be best enjoyed with some friends, like on a Discord, and you know, mm-hmm. talking to each other. But um, yeah, we are also um, trying to support uh, you know, like matchmaking and trying to make it as easy as possible to play online by yourself as well. Because yeah, one of the I guess a thing we didn't want to slip into was shutting off, you know, people who don't have friends overall, like, you know, don't have enough controllers, that sort of thing. So we think we think that um, adding online is going to resolve a lot of those accessibility issues as well. So are there any plans to uh, bring it to, like, another platform, like the consoles or the Switch? <laughs> yeah. Um, or the Switch? <laughs> we'd, or the Switch. we'd love to Switch? bring it to console. Yeah. Um, yeah, I consider I, its own thing now. Basically at cannot, at this point... I, can't uh, confirm or deny <laughs> whether oh, nice. we'll be coming. Um, I like that. Nice but <laughs> yeah, I think I think we'll we definitely want to, and if uh, time and budget permits us, we will. But um, yeah, I can't. I basically can't give a solid answer on that at this point, unfortunately. Uh, I've got another question from Twitch. With the online functionality, is there a plan to include sort of a, a global leaderboard or anything like that so people can compete compete on that and compare against their friends? Yeah, um, we've we've been talking about uh, basically what kind of uh, online functionality we can uh, bring to that. Like, well, basically figure out what people are wanting, and we're not sure whether we will uh, launch with something like a leaderboard. Um, but definitely in the future, we'll hope, we hope to support like, yeah, online ranks. And if we uh, add a single player mode, some, like online leaderboards and stuff like that would be awesome. It sounds like you're pretty active on, um, you know, working on the game still quite currently. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a few months since we, or a couple of months since we've seen it at PAX anyway. Um, what, what's happened in that time? Yeah. Um, 
a lot of that has been just building up that net code and making sure that it's a very solid experience. Because, um, yeah, no one wants to play a game online that feels bad. Yeah, <laughs> so we're, we've been going all out on the you know client prediction and um, yeah, just making sure it feels as uh, premium as it does offline. We've also been adding uh, yeah new maps and yeah we've also just like polished things. We've been adding um, voice lines. Uh, we're looking to add taunts and yeah, just designing the online experience and uh, what that's going to entail. Yeah. So yeah, again, nothing's um, locked like yeah set in stone yet. A lot of it is just trying to actually just design and prototype. Mm a whole heap of different stuff and see what feels right. Yeah. But um, yeah, some of the stuff we're working on is yeah, like experience systems and like level ups and unlocks and, you know, planning out, uh, you know, stuff like character skins. Like, again, none of this is set in stone. We're not sure um, what's going to feel right at this point, but uh, I'm hoping, hoping once that we have the online component and the beta is launched, we can actually, um, I guess, talk to the community and yeah, the fans of Hyperjam and see what uh, they would actually like to see. When are you looking to have that beta ready for us to play? <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good question. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> we don't have an exact date just yet. Um, but yeah, it, I would imagine it would be within the next few months. Great. That's awesome. It's so he, hard. He's but... just really disappointed he didn't get to play it at PAX. No, I did. I did. Play, I, I, did. Yeah. I remember playing it very okay. briefly and I was not good at it. Um, <laughs> it's just, I guess it's hard for the non-developer people to, you know, go to PAX and play it and be like, oh, cool. I want to sink my teeth into this. And, but not understanding the process and that there's still, you know, six-ish mm. months mm. ahead of you. And trying to understand what it is that happens in that time. Uh, I find that kind of yeah. interesting as a non-developer <laughs> myself. That's the thing that we're also, uh, yeah, the, we're a small team. There's, yeah, you have um, lives and I'm assuming jobs and you know whatever. Yeah, I'm, we are currently working on this full time. Oh, fantastic! Um, but yeah, just the scope of what we're undertaking and um, I guess the limited resources as uh, indie developer on our first game. Mm. Um, sometimes things can't progress as fast as uh, we'd like, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, really I would say does. I'm pretty satisfied with our progress, and I think. Uh, anyone who's anxiously awaiting news uh, sh- should be pleasantly surprised um, <laughs> when we do announce what we've been working on. Awesome to hear. Watch this space. Yeah. Now, um, you got some support from Film Victoria uh, middle of last year-ish, um, and you've just uh, just been announced that you've got a grant from Unreal as well to, to mm. support yeah, that's the right. game. That's, um, um, how, how, does, how much of a difference does that make to, <laughs> to you developing the game, and, and what did it feel like to get that uh, grant? Uh it's a huge difference. I mean, that the Film Victoria grant is, I mean, the, the game, there's no way it would be what it is today without that. Uh, that grant has basically allowed us to um, quit our jobs and, you know, actually take this seriously and work on it full time and establish a studio. So good. And the Epic, Epic Games grant, um, that's uh, really just a cherry on top. I mean, we weren't, we weren't, like expecting to receive that by any means. And yeah, when we got the news, it was just, yeah, it's very exciting. And it, it, it does mean big things for the game. It means that, um, you know, we're, we will have money for 
um, marketing and money to add more content and to you know basically sustain us as we support the game um, through the opening months and you know and add just, the add, and patch it up and everything. Not so. just that from the Epic uh, Games side of thing as well, but like they they thrust you into their kind of uh, their spotlight as well, which is I guess you know priceless almost. Yeah, um, Epic have um, been great <laughs> really to us throughout the entire process. Um, yeah, they're very supportive. Um, yeah, we get great support from them on the forums. We have people in Melbourne that um, help us out all the time as well. Um, and yeah, and then this grant coming through is um, it's just crazy. Like you said, the cherry on the top. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it means really big things to us as a new studio because we don't have that kind of capital to, um, I guess, invest into the game before it's released. So, yeah, every every bit counts. So, yeah, that really helps us a lot. Very, very exciting at Casa del Bit Dragon. Uh, sounds very good. <laughs> now, if people want to find out a bit more about the game before it comes out, maybe keep an eye out for any beta releases or any information about potential, maybe not, who knows, potential console releases. Where should they go to if they want to find out more info? Yeah, um, depends on what info they're looking for. There's a there's a mailing list on our website, hyperjamgame.com. Uh, if you add your email to there, that's how you'll uh, likely get access to the beta. Um, and yeah, we will post uh, major updates on Steam. So you can add us, if you just search Hyperjam into Steam, you can add us, add us to your wish list there and you'll get no, um, notifications within Steam about um, you know launch uh, and major updates and you can also follow us on social media hyperjam game on uh, facebook twitter and instagram we've been a bit um <laughs> had our hands very full with development lately so haven't posted as many gameplay clips as we'd like but um but if you yeah, listen to the we'll, podcast we we'll generally then... post um all <laughs> yeah. over our social media whenever we do have major updates so okay i got a got a comment here from kinetic nexus uh, this game is dope Best on ground at PAX at PAX Rising 2017. Can't wait for this game to drop. Good call. Oh. And Token Skeptic says the soundtrack is fantastic for the game as well. Yeah, so, so you got some fans, mate. Some fans. There you go. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, look, um, yeah. it's very exciting. We can't wait to to play it uh, again okay. and give it a, another run. And I'm probably going to be the best player, so you guys should just prepare yourself for it now. <laughs> oh, as if. Wow. <laughs> um, what gives you that impression? I don't know. And Nick's got his hands up in the air. Uh, uh, controller. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for joining us, Ryan. We've really appreciated it. Um, we're very excited to hear about more about the game and uh, give it a go when we can get our hands back on it. Um, if you have been listening in and uh, you uh, enjoyed the show we'd love a rating or a review i know every podcast in the world asks for it but it does really make a big difference and or even better tell one of your mates uh to, to listen to the show um while you're there you can tell them to visit our brand new website which is pixelsift.com.au uh, same name different label looks amazing ex- thank you, you. that's exactly the sort of validation <laughs> i need um we worked really hard on it um we'll be putting links up to uh hyperjam and you can see bits and pieces about the game including all the uh podcast episodes and the videos as well so you can have a look all on there now mitch we have got all the episodes as well if you want to go back in time through the mysteries of 
podcast archiving, where can people go if they want to find out about all these great other episodes we have? Yes, yeah, so you can go back in time, apparently, on iTunes, Pocket Casts, and pretty much anywhere you get uh, your favorite podcast from, and on Google Play Store, in, on the Google Play Store in America as well. You can check them out or on the website as well. That's exactly right. And uh, Scott, mm-hmm. if people want to <laughs> yeah, find... Guy Scott? Yeah. That we uh, work with every week? I was like, Mitch? No, not Mitch. Mitch? Scott? Um, it's been a great w- w- uh, episode for me talking, <sighs> I tell strong, you what. Strong, uh, We have other social media Yeah, we do. Uh, well. We have facebook.com forward slash pixelsift, twitch.tv forward slash pixelsift, twitter.com forward slash pixelsift, and youtube.com forward slash pixelsiftau. And we'd love you to join our Discord, which is pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. Discord. And you can listen to the episode live as we record it, as, uh, if you happen to be on at the time, if you don't want to watch a video you can just listen to it and put it on you can also watch live chat with us while you're there as well so uh you you too can be asking questions of our guests come on in there we go that's all we've got time for thank you very much for joining us it's been a real pleasure uh, chatting to you roman and we're looking forward to playing some more uh hyper jam yeah thank you so much for having me on see you then so scott we're playing overwatch tonight Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 